All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lighthouse podcast. Peace be with you. Um, we're glad to have you again. Um, I have here today, my guest is uh, Brother Fiaz from the IAR, uh, the Islamic Association of Raleigh. We're uh, very happy to, to have him. Um, I'm going to just have him introduce himself and say a few words uh, about uh, his background. Thank you for inviting me to begin with, and this is my first experience having not been to a radio station or a recording for a very long time. Again, the name is Fiaz. Professionally, I'm a nuclear medicine technologist, work in the uh, one of the area largest hospitals. And um, after what I do my, with my professional uh, work, the way I describe to the people is that's my mm, livelihood and my life begins after I leave work because <laughs> that's my passion, which begins with uh, meeting people and trying to do something for the community. That's great. That's great. And so uh, on that note, uh, you know, meeting with community, um, Brother Fiaz, you have been a pillar of the community here in your uh, your work with uh, non-Muslims and, and talking about Islam to, uh, you know, outside of the Muslim community. Uh, can you, you know, in, in, in our community, we talk about that as dawah work, uh, but basically all that means is it's similar to sort of missionary type of work. Uh, you know, talking to others, answering questions, right? Uh, we're here in a nation where most of the people are not Muslim. So people have a lot of questions. They have a lot of uh, potentially, uh, you know, misinformation. Uh, and so you've been on this journey for a long time. Tell us about, you know, your, your background there. How long have you been doing this work? So really, um, you said I'm a pillar. Actually, it's, uh, I could say, eventually floated and anchored into IEL, which is Islamic Association of Raleigh. Because of its uh, open policies and their welcoming nature of that uh, that mosque or masjid or Islamic center of Raleigh. And I do describe that as a center because it's not a masjid in the sense because it has educational institutions of a very special kind and it has community activities. Outreach is part of it, just a small part of it. And the idea was really to let the people know, not so much as the mission work going and knocking on the doors and describing, but to reach out to people who would love to know more about, uh, you know, Islam and the Muslims and are they part of the community? Is that comfortable for them or it's uncomfortable for them? So we are so open that we would like them to express themselves, feel comfortable, and they're always welcome to come and they have a, as though it's uh, it's an experience for them just to visit uh, the neighborhood mosque that they have never been into. So when they come, they they shut all their um, all their inhibitions and the uh, the wrong thinking that they have because they have personally met Muslims and then they feel so much relief. It's very unfortunate that people should be feeling within communities that way. But because of what goes on in the main media, perhaps they have heard something wrong, which could have been the you know on the other side of the globe. But people tend to relate it because they see it in, you know a few feet away from them in a big screen. They feel that this is here right now in their living rooms, but it is not so. And those are geopolitical conditions that are probably causing mayhem uh, within communities. But essentially, Islam does has got no place for extremism. It is always a balanced faith within the communities and outside, meaning there is nobody exempted from being good to each other, no one, whether. And in fact, uh, as you know, you have had the other guests here who are more knowledgeable than me, they will tell you that it is incumbent on the Muslims to be nice to other people. Mm -hmm. 
they are actually doing a misrepresentation, not only a simple misrepresentation, but they are going out of their faith if they are doing something wrong. First and foremost thing is that they have to be good so to the people. hurting somebody, yeah. By hurting people, or right. even, even as we know, we're supposed to be so kind to the neighbors uh, that uh, you, will, you will be out of the faith if you have mistreated them. Sure. So the question is, do we really mistreat? But they may have some ideas, even though you have not done anything to your neighbor, but what you have not done is knock on the door and introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. That is what causes most of the uh, most of the tensions here, because they look at you in a different way. As I described to you, that they have some sort of understanding. And just to give you an example, when I moved into this uh, my neighborhood, it was a well settled you know kind of neighborhood, and I like that uh, one. Here, when you moved here, here to North Carolina, where, where did you move from, by well, the way? I, I moved from uh, New Jersey. My first, when I first came to this country, went into um, work and you're originally and from India, right? Originally from, from India. Originally from India. Yes. So you moved here from India. Almost half my life. To New I Jersey. moved here to okay. New Jersey, and then here about 20 years here in North Carolina. So when I moved to this neighborhood, it was Ramadan, you know, fasting month end. I said, what? How can I describe this to my neighbor? So I went to one of the neighborhood leaders, and I said, we are Muslims. We just finished, uh, you know, our month of fasting. We share this joy with our neighbors and friends mm -hmm. and families. So you're welcome on this particular, you know, that next weekend. I could not believe that there was no parking place in my street. And the people that had never met each other for 20 years, they said, they all came. So you my invited your neighbor. Invited all of them together. Yeah, to celebrate. Just to get to know, celebrate. Yeah. And we were only two or three Muslims in the entire neighborhood. Uh -huh. We uh, we put up some tents. We we got our you know Indian and Arab uh, culinaries and some fruits, and they just enjoyed that day so much that I've become friends with the entire neighborhood. It's amazing. Food, food is such a connection point. Absolutely. You know, I think, especially here, living in America, yes. we're very fortunate to have all of this food, and people really appreciate different Certainly. kinds of food, and exactly. so it becomes a sort of nexus of connecting uh, at Absolutely. a very human level because everybody exactly. needs to eat it's a yeah. it's a common common need. common link common uh, yeah and if anytime you can express I mean in my experience at least uh, anytime you can express shared humanity that's a that's very yes. it's a uh, you know coming together point yes. you know whether it's food whether it's other things yes. so that's that's really right. amazing to hear yeah. so kind of taking a step back a little bit uh, brother Fiaz, I know you've been involved in this work for a long time is there is there you know something that started you down this journey? Something that motivated you, or a personal experience that you had that really touched you in this space? Can you ch share share that it with us? It really happens when you, uh, as I said, I lived half of my life, which is you know almost thirty years uh, in the U.S. Before I came to the U.S., I lived in many other countries. Mm -hmm. But th you always have when you come into this country uh, a cultural uh, shock, just mm -hmm. like. Americans go to the East, they have cultural shock. Similarly, when Easterners comes to the West, they have cultural shock. And so that cultural shock, I was still trying to make myself comfortable among other people. And so we were not in the habit back home in India to be questioned about who you are, what you do, and so forth. So when I first went into education and I wanted to get to school in order to get back into the, into the communities to serve, uh, then I was questioned, why do you not eat this? Why do you eat this? Why do you dress up the way you do? Where do you go in the middle of the afternoon and you disappear? You know, when we go to prayer, right, we're just excusing prayer. ourselves from the class and then I'm sure. going to pray. So all those questions. And then I said, well, there is a need for the people to know. Mm. This is a country that needs to know and they have this urge to know. So that's what then I opened up myself and it 
began a journey. And then I invited people for the first time. They were shocked that you could go to a Muslim place and an Indian and share their food and share their family structure. Because for it was unusual for them that you have your siblings living you with you, your parents sometimes living with mm-hmm. you. And this was something uh, very uh, unique for us and for different for them. And so they liked that idea. And so they, from that time onwards, I thought this is uh, a very good idea, knowing that the people who I spoke with eventually, of course, after a year or so, uh, this young man, he's a physicist now, he became a Muslim. He liked what he saw, he liked what he heard, and uh, he was pretty much very, at core, very good person. And then he said, well, if I have to give up, you know, uh, give up some uh, alcohol, that's no big deal for me. Give up some <laughs> dietary, no, no big deal for me. And then mm-hmm. he said, uh, according to him, he said, I was already doing it, but I didn't have a certificate. Now he said, becoming a Muslim, what I was doing, now I had a certificate. This is how he described himself. And then I said, well, there is a need, you know, not just to, because, you know, if we cannot convert anybody, I tell the people in my class, the first thing sometimes they tell, come into the classes, I'm not here to be converted. I said, please have a seat, you make my job easy, <laughs> because I'm not here to convert <laughs> you either. The objective mm. is to give the information, mm. because of the misunderstanding, remove the misunderstandings, and so for that, IER is so open that almost on a weekly basis we have, a whole, uh, you know, bunch of people from every different, from from churches, synagogues, from institutions of Mm. learning, from sixth graders onwards. Everybody's welcome. And so they come in, we give them a tour. We have this beautiful facility of of the school, so we take them to the schools and so and, I, and I definitely want to get to the. I know there's a there's a large event coming up Correct. that we'll talk about in just a few minutes, yes. but uh, I want to focus a little bit more on the story of this physicist in yes. in New Jersey, who you kind of met with over yeah. the course of a year. It, was this the first time that you had somebody that you worked with that became uh, Muslim? Absolutely, because this wow. was. I mean, I I I was so. Um, in the sense of so hesitant even to mention that I was a Muslim because of the, again, my misunderstanding of the West being in the East, my, this was just when I came in and I joined the class for the first time, completely different education system here in the West. And so I did not And you were studying to be? A nuclear medicine technologist. Nuclear medicine technologist. And this is in New Jersey. It's in New Jersey. It's a hospital-based program. Now it is enlarged, but that used to be a hospital-based. So you had clinicals and the didactic all at the same time. We were always around uh, people, professional people in the medical field. And so I was... Um, and how did you meet this with the physicist? Uh, he, he was a classmate. He's a classmate, right? okay. So I'm looking at uh, everybody. I'm completely out of place because I'm, I'm Indian. I look Indian. And everybody else is just young out of college, out of uh, high school. And yeah. here I am going back into education after 15 years. Yeah. So for me, I so needed some guidance. So you were in your, your 30s. You were in yes, okay. yes. I needed some guidance. And this young man, you know, he became friendly with me. And uh, so then I said, well, this is a good support that I get. And so we became so friendly that we used to study together. We used to, and in the middle, uh, as I said, I would leave and he would follow me where I'm going. And then (laughs) he started observing me that I pray. Mm. He liked the idea of praying in the middle of the day to leave everything behind him then. It's very powerful. Very powerful. One conversation led to the other. For example, uh, began came to know we this is much of the Muslims we do not think because it is so practical for us but for outsiders working in a hospital it is said the most effective way of stopping communicable disease today is washing hands mm. so reflecting upon my own do I wash hands who told me to wash hands mm. my faith 
my religion, my tradition told right, me. Right. This is what we're told before every prayer. Right. You know, you make ablution. Ablution and part of that is washing, your hands. washing hands. And mm -hmm. it continues there in a way that it is so remarkable. It is so advanced today because now in we know washing hands for 14 centuries. The science is now telling that it saves life. So what we have been doing is nothing but too scientific and way too advanced. If I were to tell you the five pillars, for example, washing hands, ablution, the second thing is prayer. There have been studies done in here. They have observed people who have regularly going to church and doing charity and praying. They found them to be healthier, longer, living long, long life, and happier. Mm -hmm. So Muslims pray five times a day, dedicated. And then the biggest aspect now, currently, in the the the, the journal of uh, the New England Journal of Medicine has a huge big article on intermittent fasting. That's right. Who does the intermittent fasting? <laughs> Automatically, right? Those who follow the messenger right. of God, may peace be upon him, peace Mondays be upon and Thursdays or any time during. And then, of course, the, because it is said that to detoxify our organs from all the toxins that we put in, that is the fundamental way to detoxify your body by mm -hmm. fasting. And Muslims fast every time. So it is beginning to tell the people that it is not something alien that has been, that came out of the Middle East and was meant only for that place and it doesn't relate to the modern times. It's completely a misnomer. Mm. So this message resonated with this young man. Yes. Yeah. So and you, 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 you regularly started. And then what was, what was his story? Like, was there a turning point where he looked at it? Because I, I, I know for me personally, there was a moment where I basically had to say, I had to take ownership of my Islam. And so there's this moment generally on this journey where folks say, oh, that's interesting. And that, that, that thought then changes to, I could picture myself doing that. Yes. And so tell me about you know that since <coughs> this is the first time you that you You touched a very slow point because what happens is when we come, we are, for, for those who migrated, we, we're cultural Muslims. We right. saw our parents do this. We saw our uncles do this. We did not question them as to why you do what you do when the same act I'm doing and I'm being questioned. So now, in order for me to get an answer, I had to some authentic source. So I had to go back to the books, get the information and give it to him. So in wow. other words, instead of me teaching him Islam, he actually c made me come back 360 degrees that you just don't do what you hear. Hearsay doesn't work. You have to have backing from an authentic source, from the scripture, from tradition. That's what led me to go look back at my own self and sort of, if in loose words, reborn right, in Islam. That's fascinating. So I did. I had to do my own research and come back to him. And then when he became a Muslim, he was more critical of me then, and I really appreciated that. And that's what made me what I am today. Amazing. To the outreach. Amazing. So yeah. it's almost, you know, became a journey of discovery for both yourself for and for him. Absolutely. And it became Absolutely. a shared journey in some yeah. ways. That's amazing. Just a quick example. You know, we used to argue on things. No, brother, it's not like this. I never heard this in my life. He would say, okay. So he goes back and he, you know, he, he became a, a good physicist. So he was making good money. And uh, he, he had a very difficult upbringing. Uh, separate, you know, parents separated. He was living with his mom, no father, and so forth. So in the midst of that difficulty he, he, he becomes a Muslim and fi finds himself to be very confident in his life now he's setting up his life on his own and getting married and so forth mm -hmm. now he's married all his children and everybody they're doing fine they came back with me to North Carolina he lives here now with me really we are almost like our own family no difference wow. at all we are like that he, this is how he moved so 
I was saying, uh, he he goes and buys the books, nine volumes of uh, of Muslim and seven volumes of Bukhari. Right. These are the the traditional, traditional books, books of our of our exactly. prophet. Yeah. The source of the information, right? The proper source. He gives it to me. He said, I have bought two sets, one for myself, one for you. Next time we argue, we will say, open up the book and the page number. We know the, the uh, what the authentic <laughs> source is. So that you, you can tell he taught me Islam, actually, wow. how to be a good Muslim. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. So I, I do want to take a little bit of time and talk about, you know, this, this journey that you've been on. You, you, you started it, you know, with this uh, acquaintance that you met very early on, and, and it's progressed a lot. Uh, you have done a, a huge amount of work here in, in North Carolina in the space of education, really, with, with other folks and, you know, removing misconceptions. And one of the big events that happens every year at our mosque is, is this open house. Uh, and we're coming up on, on the date of the open house. But I would love if you can share a little bit about kind of the history and the story of the open house, how it came to be, and how it's changed over the years. The other things that Muslims get to know in America is uh, how you can be a, a, a helpful person within the community. So when I came to know that there was something called Habitat for Humanity, for instance, I said, well, remarkable thing. And I joined them, and then I found other people who are serving food, and then other people who are serving. So I thought, because when you talk about faith, the beliefs are different, mm -hmm. but the commonality is good work. There is no faith that I know of who does not teach commonality of doing good works. So I go and tell the other faith people, uh, because officially with uh, Habitat for Humanity, for instance, we did uh, our three winners bill. We built That's it right. in their name. And then we did Abrahamic faith bill, which was Jews, Christians, and Muslims. Then came the, the Hindus. Then came the Buddhists. Then came the Baha'is. Mm -hmm. Then came all of them. They said, what's wrong with us? So then we did... Um, uh, an interfaith bill. So this is how we built on relationship with each other. Now we are a coalition of so many churches. And so when I was in touch with them, I said, why don't they come to the mosque? Why don't they come and look at what we are, who we are, what we do? It was an eye-opening for them. They, oh, we can come to the mosque? Absolutely, you're welcome to the mosque. And so this is 20 years ago. We first, when we had the new building inaugurated, we had a huge big bash. And when we invited most of the the law enforcement and the officials and the governor and so forth. And so they came to the mosque for the first time. We had presentation, showed them exactly how we pray, what we do. Our social, you know, we, we, we run a free clinic. We run a free uh, food pantry. We go and serve the, uh, the homeless in winter with winter clothes and food every month, at least twice. And so these are the acts that for them it was Really? Muslims do that too? Yes, we do that too. We learn, this is what we learn here in the U.S. That in yes. fact, that's the fundamental part of our faith, right? Exactly. Is, is the Feed the hungry, help the poor, that's right. uplift those who are in, in, in that situation. Yes. Amazing. So 20 years ago, this started, and it's been kind of continued Continuous every year every since year then. March, it's grown yes. kind of bigger uh, every year. Uh, and so where where is it today? So we're, I know we're upcoming on the open house, which is March 7th. Yeah. Um, at, at the Islamic Association of Raleigh. Um, but uh, what's, what's the main focus of the, the event? Uh, who is it for? So in order for uh, the people to come back again and again, we had to come up with some new ideas all the time. So since, uh, you know, in the past, so we did, uh, we, we, we displayed culture, for instance. We did one faith, many nations. So we had people from every Muslim nation. And then we did uh, food from the Muslim world. 
Uh, that was a theme. Uh, meet your Muslim neighbor, that was another theme. So we had invited some of the, uh, you know, prominent professors from David Chancer, Professor David Chancer, pro Professor Carl, Carl Ernst. Every year we bring in uh, an outside guest speaker so people get to know that we are not just, you know, pushing it. It's our agenda, but it is something which is common. And in the, in the academic circles, those who are educated in, in different faiths, in completely, not in the faith sense of, uh, of preaching, but in academic line. So that's why Carl Ernst wrote the book, Anatomy of, uh, you know, Anatomy of Hate, very similar to what we have here. And uh, so, and then David Chancer, and these were the guest speakers. So this year we, uh, we thought there was one, one dynamic guy who, uh, you know, he's a retire, retired, uh, decorated veteran. And he, his theme was again, you know, these Muslims, so and so. So we, we, uh, we thought it would be a good for him to, to come in and, and share his story, a remarkable story within Indiana. It is, I would not really give out the thunder. I would let the people come in and visit and meet him. He has got a story, and that's what he does now. He fights against hate. Fantastic. Fighting against, uh, you know, enemy. Now he fights against hate. Fantastic. And that is, in, in beautiful words, he puts it. And the focus of the uh, event is for non-Muslims. So, uh, you know, generally at the end uh, of our episode, we provide a little bit of information for our listeners to know what is the action item, right? Uh, we've heard just a, a tremendous story here uh, today. And uh, if you want to get involved, like what's the, what's the call to action? How can people help in, right. in this great work that's happening? So, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, wherever I go, I take it to the to a level where I can contribute. So I'm the uh, I'm member of the diversity council at, at my hospital. And so I shared this to everybody. I want them to come. They have come to know me, come to know where I stand. Where do I come from? Where do my, my prayer, my actions, my behavior, where does it come from? Is there a basis for that? People would like to know. In that sense, every one of us either work in a professional job or even Uber driver, they would like to know who you are, what you'll do. So this is the chance for you to let the other people know, your friends, their families, your neighbor, and there are so many interfaith families also that some of their family members are Muslim. Others would like to know who their son, daughter, why are they Muslim, what do they do? This is a chance for them to bring their families in inside and then we share food, we share our stories, we, we display all, uh, you know, the, the children give their own uh, presentation, which is a remarkable thing, so how Islam relates to the modern sciences. They get to know that. And so it encourages them to remove all those inhibitions of what they hear and what they see and experience in all practicality that this is something very different. Very it nice. is an, they describe themselves to be an experience. You know, you could go to a building and come back, but to go somewhere and have an experience is something which touches the people. Yeah. So this is the opportunity for you guys, you listeners, to invite whoever you would like to invite that maybe they've come to you with questions about Islam. You know, they just want to know or learn a little bit more. This is an opportunity for them to come to a space, feel very, very comfortable, and get a taste, get a glimpse kind of, of what uh, Islam really is and what, what Islam means to uh, millions, if not billions, of people around, around mm -hmm. the world. So fantastic. So again, to get more information, you can uh, visit the link uh, on the podcast. Uh, or you can visit the Islamic Association of Raleigh's website, which is raleighmosque.org. Um, I do want to thank uh, Brother Fiaz for being with us today and uh, sharing some of his time and, and his wisdom and his, his stories with us. 
Uh, really, really honored to have you today. Thank you so much, Brother Fiat. I really appreciate giving this opportunity. It seldom happens, but it's remarkable that it is happening at a time when your listeners can go out and really bring their families and friends to the center. And we've been doing this for 20 years, so rest assured we will take care of them. You don't, you don't be hesitant that you are sending them to the mosque. We'll take good care of them. Nobody has ever gone back and complained, so they will love to come. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye now. All right, now I just need to check this what this thing is. So hopefully it's still working. Now we are recording. This is good. Yeah, this is fantastic. This is amazing. First, and make sure that we got everything. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Just gonna check my notes here.